Good morning. It is time to get up with Decision Days in Big D. We'll tell you why Monday means much more than who goes on and who goes home. Meanwhile, was yesterday the beginning of the end of Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. We'll tell you why he may have taken his last snap ever. As a Raven, and speaking of last snaps, is it over for Aaron at Lambeau? Why this could be the day that is decided as well. Oh, we've got a lot going on as we get up with you on this Thursday starting right now. Take a look at the glasses. There is a reason why we are dressed with the protective eyewear. That is because we are smashing helmets today. Not once, but twice. Unfortunately, the big fella Damian Woody is home with a voice. But we are going to smash helmets today in his honor. We'll take you through winners in every game. Now, usually on these Thursdays, I begin with bold predictions. I might look here or here or here, but hold everything. Cindy, put the picks on the screen. Monday night, everyone but me has Dallas going one and done in these playoffs. Bartholomew, why are the Cowboys going to lose to Tampa Tom? I tell you what, because Tampa Tom is getting reinforcements. He's having his defensive line. They're healthy. And I just don't like the way that Dak Prescott is playing. He's turning the ball over. And in the playoffs, if you throw a pick six, it can be very, very costly. But the bigger story is who job is going to, is going to cost. Do you have to pick between Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy, or are you picking between Dan Quinn? Because if they lose, the mandate was deep in the playoffs. That's what Jerry Jones told us at the beginning of the season. And if they fall short, you're going to have to pick between one of those coordinators because they're going to have opportunities at head coaching jobs. Mike McCarthy is coaching. For his life. I see that's what I think too. And Dan Graziano, let's be clear. Yes. Jerry Jones said on the radio the other yeah. day a definitive no yes. to the question is Mike McCarthy coaching for his job. Now, the point I made on the radio yesterday is this is the problem with the owner doing a radio interview every single week. What is he going to say? Oh, yes, I'm firing the coach if they lose on Monday. That's really not a question he can answer any other way, is it? No, right. He wasn't going to say that, right, he's coaching for his job right. this weekend. That would be unprecedented. Right. It would be awesome. Yes. But it would be unprecedented. <laughs> That's right. So, no, I, I think – but I, I do think we should put more stock into it than, than some people seem inclined to. Because when you look at Jerry's recent history, the year after year with Jason Garrett, right, he would say things like this, and it turned out to be true. One year he kind of hemmed and hawed and said, well, we'll see at the end of the season. That was the year it turned out not to be. Uh, he turned out not to be safe. So I do think that – I, I think if they lose Monday, especially if it looks bad, you know, I think there's a conversation that they have in the building. I don't know which way it goes. It's ultimately up to Jerry. He likes this coach. He wants this coach to succeed. And I, I think there's a conversation. But I, I, I do think we should put some stock into what Jerry said and take him at his word to at least some extent. Let me ask the question a little differently to you, Rob Ninkovich. I mean, it, it is worth saying out loud that the coach yeah. has won 12 games in consecutive seasons. So, I mean, there are a lot of coaches who have their jobs still coming off of seasons in which they haven't had nearly the success they've had in Dallas. In your mind, if Jerry Jones decides to make a change here, will that be fair? Will, he, will Mike McCarthy deserve to be out of a job? Sure, it's fair. If they lose in the first round of the playoffs, it is an epic failure for the Dallas Cowboys. You, you think about this team and the way that they're built and, and what they have invested in their quarterback, in their running back, in their defense. They have to win this game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a team that we looked at this whole season and said in the playoffs they're going to beat the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. So you look at the Dallas Cowboys the last couple of years. They're in the top of the league in penalties. Uh, you remember last year with the, with the time management issues. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, we've looked back at some of the clock management issues mm -hmm. before the half and after the game, and they're looking at the head coach. And then you look at Dak Prescott and turning the football over. And then even this year, they've had ability 
to stop the run. They've had a hard, hard time stopping the run, the yep. defense that mm-hmm. we had so highly praised. So, again, if they lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it would not be out of the question for me that they move on and look for a different head coach of this team. Here's the reality. When the offense plays well, Keller Moore gets the praise. When the defense plays well, Dan Quinn gets the praise. Mm-hmm. When the team plays bad, Mike McCarthy gets all the blame. Mm-hmm. So the thing is, he's in a, in a, in a situation where he can't win. And when you, we've seen Jerry pick the smart offensive coach. And that's where the game is going. And we know that Kellen Moore has already been interviewed yep. or is going to get interviewed Where's by the going? Carolina Panthers. Carolina, yeah. So Jerry has done this before. He tried it already, right? He, he made Dan Quinn the highest paid assistant and one of the highest paid defensive coordinators because he understands his value. But the big elephant in the room is Sean Payton. Sean Payton's name is going to be rumored at every job opening there. And you talk about a guy that already has admiration and respect, and he can say all he said in the offseason. But listen, the shadow and the the, the elephant in the room is Sean Payton. And if Sean Payton is out there or if Kellen Moore is somebody that you may lose, I don't know if Jerry has as much faith in Mike McCarthy as those others. Quickly, because I think Ning Tates agrees. I think elevating Quinn or, or more is more likely than Peyton. Remember, the Cowboy coaching job is very specific, right? It's not someone who has a lot of personnel control. It's not someone who can be the star of the show. That's going to be Jerry. So Mike McCarthy kind of fits. And if anyone knows that, Sean Payton knows it. He was there. I remind everyone who doesn't know, Sean Payton was there under Bill Parcells. Go. This is in the Cowboys' hands to yeah. protect Mike McCarthy's job here. They just have to win. Yeah. And if they go into the playoffs and they win... And they get to an NFC Championship game. Mm-hmm. Mike McCarthy's still the head coach there. Sure. I'm talking about if he loses against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Understood. Now, you just said the NFC Championship game. A, a win on Monday night would guarantee them, barring a, an, an upset that no one sees coming by Seattle this weekend, either a date in Philadelphia or San Francisco. Yep. You think he's got to win that game, too, in order to keep his job? We're talking about beating Tampa is one thing. I think so. Beating the Eagles or the Niners on the road is something else I, entirely. I think that he has to get to a championship-level game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm talking the NFC Championship yep. that decides who's going to a Super Bowl. Jerry Jones has stated in the past few years that – he wants to get back to those games. Yeah. He wants to be in those championship football games, and he is spending a lot of money to get to those championship football games. All right, so we will have more on this game as we go, including a little later this hour. We will analyze what exactly is going on with the quarterback in Dallas. But meanwhile, let's talk about what's going on with the quarterback in Baltimore, who may not be the quarterback in Baltimore that much longer. Lamar Jackson yesterday missed his 16th straight practice. He is not suited up since injuring his left knee on December 4th. And you need to hear the coach, John Harbaugh, on the continued absence of the former MVP. I don't have anything to add on that. No updates at this time. Because fans do it. They they go and they say, oh, this has to be contract-related. What do you say to fans that think that that's the reason of this? I don't really have anything to say to them right now because I'm focusing on the game. You know, really, I mean, that's really, that's what we're focusing on, so... That's it, really. All right, Bart, I, I wish you could have all seen Bart's yeah. face as, as, as Coach was talking. And, again, this is an organization you know awfully well. What did you hear from John Harbaugh there? I mean, he's deflecting. I feel like he feels defeated. I feel like he feels 
He, he's out of words. He, he, can't, he, he doesn't understand. I mean, listen, this is a tough – you know, we're talking to Nico, and he said how serious the PCL injury is. I've never had it before. It's reports that swelling is going. But I don't think this is contract-related because it's just not in Lamar's character. I mean, he decided to step out there. I don't see how he doesn't see this through if he's physically capable to play, not stepping out. I, I'm concerned with his future because if they can't figure out – if he can't answer the bell for two years in a row, yeah. missing five games last year, six this year, I don't know how the Ravens in good faith can give him a guaranteed contract. And if he doesn't get a guaranteed t- contract, I don't see Lamar Jackson signing with the Ravens long term, which just leaves you with the franchise tag, which, you know, we understand how that works out. A team doesn't want to spend a franchise tag. They, de- they damn sure don't want to do it twice because all the power and the leverage goes to the player the more times that you decide to franchise tag him. So at some point, the Ravens may say, if he, if he wants to go down a franchise tag, we can't get a guaranteed contract. We're not willing to offer that. This could be the last time we see Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform. I agree with that you. That would be a shame. It, w- it, would be, it would be startling of a player at his age and his accomplishment. But here's where I slightly disagree with your read on Harbaugh. The easiest thing for John Harbaugh to say in that situation is, look, he's just too hurt to play, guys. Right? I mean, if John Harbaugh, if, this, if, if he really, if he could easily look at that camera and yeah. say, this has nothing to do with his contract. His knee is swelling. His knee is hurt. Leave the guy alone. He's doing everything he can and isn't healthy enough to play right now. He Coaches could. have said that a million times. And to me, the fact that he is choosing not to say that speaks volumes. It, it, there's something going on beneath the surface there, right? Like you can tell you're absolutely right he could say he's injured when he's healthy we'll play him what he's saying is I don't know what's going on I can't talk to that I'm trying to get ready for the Bengals look franchise tag is very likely especially now they signed Roquan Smith so that that was the other candidate for the franchise tag so now he, he's so you, you franchise tag is likely but then what does he play on the tag do they continue to negotiate a deal do you trade him Right? Like, is it a Devontae Adams situation where they franchised him so they could make sure and get something for him? That these things are on the table now to an extent that they weren't before. The injury, the team's expectation when he got hurt was that it would be a few weeks, a couple or three weeks, right? I mean, they are surprised that it's gotten to this point. And I think that brings in a lot of other possibilities that didn't used to exist in this situation. I'm not saying, I, I, I believe his knee hurts. I, like, I, I'm not saying he's holding out because of the contract. But to Bart's point, they need him right now, and he's not available. You're going to talk about a long-term guaranteed contract. You're going to say, we needed you, and you weren't available. Two years in a row. Yeah. But, Nico, what do you think of this? A, a PCL injury is, is almost worse than an ACL injury because there's not a great treatment for it. So time will help. But the, the PCL in, in itself, inside your knee, you, you really can't fix it. And, and it's a really tough situation for a guy that relies on his mobility mm-hmm. to be asked to go out there when one of the, the biggest stabilizers of your knee is compromised. Yeah. So you can't look at it in a sense of say, well, this is contract. No, 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 but, this is career-oriented. You but, have to but make sure mo- you make the right choice for him moving forward. And you can't put yourself out there if one of the biggest parts of the, keeping your knee intact is compromised. You can't do it. But you have to go to contract, right? Because I've I've seen a a quarterback in Phillip Rivers play without an ACL, with a torn ACL against the Patriots. I understand. But if that. he had the the point is, if, if he, he had, had the, the contract, security and all of that stuff, That's maybe you're willing I to risk he, it differently. I, I think if he's not able to play the way that Lamar feels he can play at a high level, he's not. Because no, what is Lamar, Lamar if he's not mobile? Lamar in the pocket is better than their other alternatives. That's, That's the reality. That's true. Though. But he's but, also a target in the pocket if he can't move. Final word. Yeah, I, I think the, the point here is when it inevitably does turn back to the contract, this becomes an issue, right? You weren't there. 
Whether what, what, I mean, I believe again, I believe he's hurt. Like I'm not saying, yeah. but like you, you're gonna you want a guaranteed contract? We need you at the end of the year. You, you couldn't come back. How can I guarantee eleven a contract? games in two years? Right. So, and I think that Dan brought up the best um, recent example of this. We're all familiar in the NBA with the sign and trade. Devontae Adams, that's sort of a similar, the mechanism is a little different. Yeah. But at the bottom line, you franchise tag the guy, so then he, you work out a trade, a he works out a contract, and the next thing you know, Lamar Jackson is the quarterback of someone else next year. We'll see. In the meantime, more big quarterback decisions on the way. Could the Dolphins have a very big one to make in the future as Tua is ruled out again? What is the quarterback state in the state of Florida? We'll talk about that. Plus, back to the Cowboys. Can Dak mix the pick six? Can he be trusted when it matters most on Monday night? Those are the questions. We'll have all the answers. We're getting up with you on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals. That's dell.com slash deals. A massive Monday on ESPN starts with Get Up, where we will examine all the fallout from what promises to be a wild, wild card weekend in the NFL. Stephen A., Michael Irvin, and friends are in Tampa ahead of the Cowboys Bucks game for first take with two shows at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern, while NFL Live will be in Raymond James Stadium at 3 p.m. Eastern. It's a football festival on ESPN all day Monday. All right, take a look at this eye candy, gentlemen. This is Ja Morant, as only Ja Morant can. Oh. Come on, man. That kid man got family right there, man. That's disrespectful. <laughs> that man is Jacob Pertle. Uh, it's actually Jacob Pertle, excuse me. Oh, and, and take a look at John Morant continues to elevate, right? You notice that? Like he goes up and then he just keeps going up. It's, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, that's a poster right there, man. Ah, that's crazy. He's like a young Derrick Rose, man. He's not like top five, right? Yeah, no, he's less than that. All right, as we continue, let's run the hurry up. Dan Graziano, take us through some news, including the best news of all. Buffalo Bills safety, Damar Hamlin, released yesterday from Buffalo General Medical Center and returned home to continue his rehab. The doctors have determined that he's healthy enough to continue the rehab work at home and with the Buffalo Bills. Hasn't been back to the Bills facility yet. Bills say they're leaving it up to him when he wants to come back. But obviously great news as that recovery continues uh, very, very strongly uh, moving forward. The New York Jets parted ways with offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur. This was a source of significant debate in the building. They end up deciding to move on. Uh, The announcement came last night. Obviously, there were a lot of issues to sort out in New York, who the quarterback is going to be. What do you do about Zach Wilson? It will be up to somebody besides Mike LaFleur, um, who (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised to see landing Green Bay, uh, quite honestly. He's got good connections there. Uh, Tua Bailoa of the Miami Dolphins will not play in Sunday's playoff game against the Buffalo Bills. He'll continue to miss time in the concussion protocol. Doctors have not cleared him from the concussion protocol yet. Uh, Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins coach, said yesterday that Tua will not play this week. There is no timetable for his return. Obviously, if the Dolphins lose this week, the season ends, and we're talking about next year. But as of now, he is not a factor for them as they prepare to play the Buffalo Bills in their wildcard playoff game this week. Well, let's show you how that news yesterday impacted the point spread at Caesars. This is actually a line that has been moving all over the place all week as this story has developed. It opened at Bills minus 11. It dropped to minus 9 as recently as yesterday morning. And then right when this news broke yesterday that Tua would not play, it jumped four points, and now it's Buffalo minus 13. And it doesn't feel right just immediately to jump into all of the bigger picture questions without first saying that, that, that this is, it, it is a terrible thing. And we've all lived through this horrible news of last week. But the reality is these concussions are frightening, Ninko. And yeah. you just hope that the young man, and, and who knows, he's got some decisions to make in his life right now also. First, foremost, and forever. You just hope that Tua is all right long term. That's the most important piece of this. A hundred percent. And I talked about that weeks and weeks ago when, yep. when he initially had that injury. So he has to make sure that he puts himself in the proper position for the future, yeah. down the road. Um, and at this point right now, the Dolphins, they need to also make sure that they put him in the correct position because it's just because it's a playoff game, you can't throw him out there on the football field, make sure he does the right thing. No, so, so none of us were surprised that this went the way it did here this week. And to Dan's point, I think almost all of us assume that it is overwhelmingly likely their season will end this weekend and thus they won't have a decision to make following that. That said, Bart, it does seem as though they will have decisions to make going forward in Miami about whether or not yeah. he is their long-term answer. How do you see it? I mean, I, much like the Lamar Jackson situation, I don't know how you can invest in a, in a player long-term. He's eligible for um, a contract extension. I just don't know how you do that in good faith, knowing that you know next season, if he gets one or two concussions, it could be the end of his career. Um, so it, you just feel unfortunate for the young man because we always take a – a measured, calculated risk, and he hasn't got to that contract. Yeah. So it's hard for him to walk away. Listen, this has been the family business. This entire family moved from Hawaii, moved to Alabama, you know, and he's right there at the doorstep of getting a mega deal to be able to secure generational wealth, but it may not be left up to him. And, you know, you hope that he makes the right decision, but I can see a decision being made that you bring in a guy like Tom Brady. We're going to start hearing the Tom Brady rumors because the reason they have one first-round draft pick, or they had one instead of two, is because they lost it because of tampering yeah. with Tom Brady. You think about the connections with Michigan. You think about Tom Brady saying he's not retiring. You know, that's a way to kind of give the guy a, you know, a fail-safe. Tom Brady's not going to take all the money, 
but also you, you think about this was a team that had two first-round draft picks because before the season the narrative was, was Tua Tungavailoa the long-term solution? And they thought that he was, and they gave away those or they lost those uh, two first-round draft picks. Now they find themselves in an unwinnable situation because if he can't win and Teddy Two Gloves is your backup, where do you go for the future with a roster that you push all the chips in going for Bradley Chubb? That's the point. We've been sitting here trying to, as we speculate about Brady's future, if he decides to play beyond this season, we've thought about, well, who is just Tom Brady away from winning a championship? And we've continuously gone to San Francisco. Well, suddenly, if this is a possibility, Brady with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell, and they made the move on defense for Chubb and everything else, that... The second I saw that in, in uh, Bart's notes, I thought to myself, that one makes all the sense in the world to me. Right. A, a series of ifs right. have to be cleared first, right? If they, they decide, or if Tua, first of all, he's got a decision to make, right? If the concussions are a significant enough issue in his mind that, that he wants to think about maybe not playing football anymore, that's up to him and his family, and they have to sort that out. If he wants to come back, the Dolphins would at the very least need a more reliable backup, to Bart's point, than Teddy Bridgewater, who has been injured in both of the games he started for them this year, uh, replacing Tua. So you need to make an investment there. Now, we know that they have had interest in Tom Brady before. We know that Tom Brady likes the warm weather. We know that he, he may want to continue playing. So if a, a situation occurs where the decks are cleared, where, where Tua is not in the plans or where they are not sure, then yes, it, it makes a lot of sense. It's just there's a lot of ifs, and a lot of it's very sensitive. I don't want to be here sounding insensitive. Obviously, Tua Tungavailoa played well enough for the Dolphins this year uh, that they can convince themselves and probably have that when he's on the field, he can lead them where they want to go. But the question, of course, becomes... Uh, his ability to be on the field. What is your sense of all this? Again, I, I would remind everyone Ninko played with Tom Brady for a long time. Is your sense that he wants to keep playing after this I, year? It seems like it. Every yeah. interview that he's on, he, he keeps talking about continuing to improve and yeah. improve when he's 48, 47, whatever he's going to be next year. He'll be 46 next year. Uh, he's old. Uh, so at the end of the day, you, you look at he has to go to the right fit. The team that he goes to has to have everything that he needs to succeed, which would be Number one, an offensive line, right? Number two, a dynamic receiver. And then a, a good defense to help get the ball back to you. So when I look at Miami, I, I think their offensive line, eh, I don't know but if they, they, they invest such heavy, a great offensive line. They invested line. heavily in an in a, in a all-pro left tackle. And um, to me, I feel like sorry. if he goes to Miami, it becomes a package deal. Gasicki, their tight end, is up for um, a contract. He may be a free agent. Uh, you call old Grunk. I think oh my like goodness. Oh, my South goodness. Oh, my goodness. I'll call him. I'll see what he wants <laughs> yeah, to do. We're putting Brady South and Grunk. Too. I also think that Tua, to be on the roster still, I don't think you could bring in Tom and have yeah, Tua on the same right. roster. That's no. what I'm saying. I like, think you have can. to kind of, yeah. I, I don't From a financial standpoint, you can. And the other thing, like you talk about extension eligible. The extension eligible doesn't mean the extension is required, right? right. Like you can, you have uh, 2024 would be his his uh, fourth year, or sorry, his fifth year option, and then 2025 franchise year. So you don't have to extend to it this year if you aren't sure. So there are a lot of questions that come up. And to your point, we don't want to be sitting here speculating, <laughs> on, you know, when the young man has got some um, significant right. issues yeah. to deal with. But, I mean, the, the, this is the reality of pro football. They've got to figure out what they're going to do. Right. The reality is, can you count on him to be available? And, and the cold analysis right now indicates that that's at least in question. Meanwhile, as we continue another quarterback situation, Dak Prescott's accuracy issues. Will they doom? Dallas Monday night in Tampa. We'll be talking about that. Plus, Saquon and Daniel Jones. The Viking quest is a giant upset on the way Sunday in Minnesota. We'll answer that question next. This is Get Up on ESPN.
Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. All right, we are back on Get Up, and it's been sort of a Clint Eastwood season for Dak Prescott this year and the Cowboys. There's been the good, there's been the bad, there's been the ugly. First, the good. The Cowboys have averaged 32.5 points. That's the most in the league since Dak came back from his fractured thumb, winning eight of their final 11 games. Well, that sounds pretty good. Then we get to the bad. Despite playing in only 12 games, Dak threw a career-high 15 interceptions. That is tied with Davis Mills for the most in the league. He enters Monday night having thrown a pick in each of his last seven games. And then from there, it gets ugly. Prescott has thrown three pick sixes, all of them since week 15. That is also tied with Davis Mills for the most in the NFL. He had thrown just six pick sixes through his first six years in the National Football League. So something is going on here, and it has caught the eye of our very own Dan Orlovsky, who, in a piece that you can read right now in its entirety up on ESPN.com, ranked all the quarterbacks in the playoffs. And as you see, he has Dak 12th ahead of only Brock Purdy and Skylar Thompson. Dude, like, come on, son. (laughs) Stop it. Dan, come on, man. So there's some reaction here (laughs) to that. Bart, what is your reaction? Listen, everybody got at me because I didn't put him in the top 10 in the NFL. You're saying he's not top 10 in the playoffs? Yeah. I mean, come on. That's disrespectful. Listen, he's a little bit more accomplished than that. You know, listen, Dan's my man, but I can't roll with you. I ain't with you when you ain't right. So, so, so I read the entire piece. They sent it to me yesterday. And he, he's pointing out the way the, they're playing right this minute. 
And, and, and it's not as much. We used to do a thing on Mike and Mike called confidence picks. How confident are you in this player in this particular moment? Not how good has he been historically. No one can sit here and say that Daniel Jones or uh, or, or Kirk Cousins or um, or, or ever Geno Lawrence. Smith, Geno Trevor Smith. Lawrence have are, are better players than Dak Prescott. But at this moment, okay, this year, are they playing better? Well, I mean, it, it, it is a reasonable. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I'm, I'm th- this is. I'm reading you what he wrote here. Ninko, take it in that context. What do you think of it? I I disagree in a sense of you can't look at all these turnovers and put them all on Dak. There's a couple we're watching right now. The ball's just batted up in the air, and the defender comes down with it. So you could probably take away four to five interceptions on the season. But wouldn't that be true of every quarterback? When I hear that up here, people say that, and then I say, well, let's go back and look at every interception every quarterback threw. At the end of the day, these things even themselves out. Of course, but you also look at – you know, the production. So there's a production side of things right. here uh, that kind of maybe outweighs some of those bad throws. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I, you look at Kirk Cousins, uh, Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones ahead of him. Yeah. Like that that kind of doesn't even make sense just based on statistics. Yeah. You know, yardage, uh, yeah. attempts per pass, just those things in general would probably put Dak a lot higher than where he's if, if that name on the back of the jersey said Brett Favre, who probably had – um, parts of his career where he threw the, turned the ball over at that, Dan would never put him there. Uh, perhaps. Give us, give us your thoughts yeah, on this. Look, I, mean, there are, I, think, I think Nico's point is really good. Like, that, like he's talking about good, the bad, and the ugly. There's been a lot of good with Dak this year. And statistically, by a lot of measures, he has had a better year than Trevor Lawrence, than Kirk Cousins, than Daniel Jones. Actually, probably not Geno Smith, honestly. Like yeah. he's, he's way up there. Yeah. But I, I think, I, I, think I, I get the point Dan is trying to make which is that Dak is playing poorly going into the playoffs, coming off a horrendous game yeah. and throwing way too many interceptions. All that is true. This is a little too much. So, fair enough. So, none of us agree with putting him as low as he is. But it does illustrate a point that all of us recognize. Also, which Lamar's is, not going to play. Uh, well, yeah, he, put, he wrote that. He wrote in, in the event that Lamar... played in six weeks. When he wrote that, we didn't know if he would play or not. But if the, yeah, Lamar Jackson probably won't play, which means there'd be someone else below uh, Dak in this. But let's, let's just use it to illustrate the point that we all clearly can see. And that is that this is not the Dak Prescott that we have watched play throughout his entire career. The mistakes he is making are uncharacteristic. We have sat here and lauded the pre-snap reads and all the good decisions that he has made. And what we're watching are, in many cases, not bad throws, but bad decisions. How do you explain that, Bart Scott? Well, he's pressing, right? You know, sometimes when players get paid a bunch of money, they try and validate the contract and understanding that when you get that contract, you are responsible for carrying the team. You have to become a force multiplier, like Tannenbaum says all the time. So what did he lose because of his contract? Potentially Amari Cooper. So that's, that means that his second weapon isn't always as open, so he doesn't have the, the opportunities and the chances to throw to guys that are open when teams take away your number one target. Let me, Cindy, put them back up there again. For those of you just joining us, I want to remind everybody that everyone at this table but me think, no, I'm sorry, the, the, the game picks, if you will, uh, Sandy, I'm sorry I wasn't clear about that, but that, that's what everybody yeah. here thinks. Mm-hmm. Everyone but me thinks the Cowboys are going to lose this defense. game. Mine's based on that defense. On which defense? On the Dallas defense, yeah. not being able to play well and playing on grass. And, but Tampa's know, offense stinks. Listen, They've been awful all year, yeah, Bart. Well, but look at, look at what the commanders were able to do against Dallas, right? Dallas hasn't really lit it up. This defense has come back to earth. 
and you talk about, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers getting healthy at the right time. Aaron Hicks coming back, you know, means that they can maybe stop the run with a light box. They have more opportunities, and they're playing at home. And all the pressure's on the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. The right? They're the one with the mandate. Listen, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing with house money. They have a Super Bowl in recent years, and they have a guy that knows how to get hot when it comes to most, and most people don't win playoff games. They lose them. I hear the way what- Dak Prescott is playing, he's playing losing football, because if he throws a pick six and somebody hits their head on the goalpost because he hit him in the numbers, then that means that the likelihood that they're going to lose are going to go up. I, that, that, no one can argue with that. I don't know that you're ever playing with house money when your quarterback is 45 and he has seven Super Bowl rings, but I understand the point and you're he's making. He's never lost to the Cowboys. And in his entire career, 7-0 against the Cowboys. Yeah. Quickly, oh. give, give me a 30-second explanation of what we're seeing with Dak. Why, why is he gone? Sim- what? Inaccurate. His throws have been inaccurate. When yeah. you look at some of those interceptions, they are behind the receivers. Yeah. So those flat routes where they're, the defender literally just turns his head and hits him in the Can face, it's, it's maybe pushing the ball, getting the ball out too quick and not having his footwork right or not having his shoulders right. I'm not a quarterback coach, but I can tell you this. When the DB is basically in trail technique, which means you're right behind the receiver and you turn your head to go defend it and it, you stick your hands out and you intercept the football, the ball is behind where it needs to be. So there's some inaccurate throws here, and he's pressing, like, like you're saying, pressing, trying to make those plays. But the simple out route or the flat route that is a pick six, that's, an, that's just an inaccurate throw. As, as we said at the beginning of the show, there is a lot going on, a lot at stake to the point of pressure here. The coach's job may very well be determined by what happens on Monday night. In the meantime, I want to run through some other games, and you guys tell me why they'll win. I'll say a team, and you say if they win, why will they have won? Grouse, why will the 49ers beat Seattle? They're better. Uh, look, I mean, I think, I think fundamentally Seattle's defense has been inconsistent this year. I've uh, been inconsistent in terms of uh, pass rush, a number of other matters, and I think the 49ers offense has been very consistent in spite of all the upheaval at, at quarterback. Niners come in win- having won 10 games in a row. They're red hot. They're just by far the better team, but I do think it's a mismatch of their offense against Seattle's inconsistent defense. That's fair. Uh, Ninko, let's go to uh, the Chargers and Jaguars. If, if the Chargers win, why will they have won? Turnover differential. So this is going to come down to turnovers. You look at Jacksonville, they won last week based on a strip sack, scoop and score. So you're playing against a mobile quarterback. Justin Herbert can run. He's very athletic. He's a big guy, and he's smart in the pocket. He's going to know where the blitz is coming. He's going to get the ball out of his hand, protect that turnover differential, win the game. Bart, a lot of people like the Giants to win at Minnesota. If they do, what will be the difference? Why will they win? Coaching. I mean, I listen, I love me some Kevin O'Connell. He was a teammate of mine. I know he has Mike Pettin on the staff, Ed Donatell, and Wes Phillips. But for me, you know, Dayball has proven that he can make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what, right? He's a guy that's gotten the best out of Daniel Jones. This game went all the way down to the wire, took a 60-yard field goal. And I think that, you know, you look on the other side, Wink Martindale is in his bag, and that defense is healthy now. Everybody practiced. You heard Dayball say that. I think they're going to be able to come in. They're going to play um, pressure-free. When I said everyone likes them in this game, I wasn't kidding. Cindy, put the picks on the screen. Once again, I had to go oppo because everyone here likes the Giants, who are a three-point road underdog. By the way, we talk about what's at stake uh, for the Cowboys. What is at stake for the quarterback of the Giants in this game? Has there been a decision in in the building – made on whether or not Daniel Jones is their quarterback going forward? I I think he's shown them what they needed to see. The question, of course, becomes the numbers, right? What is he looking for in terms of a contract? What are they willing to pay uh, Daniel Jones versus try and find another solution if if it costs too much? But I do think that he showed them what what they needed to see from him this year. I don't think this game determines anything. It It might help 
might help his case. A little more contract negotiations. But I don't think it, I don't think it changes their opinion of him one way or the other. Well, when you look at how desperate for quarterbacks a lot of teams are going to be during yeah. the offseason, I could see Daniel Jones being sort of a, a you know, a, a popular guy in that. He's had a very good year. And then Saquon speaks for himself. I mean, however much yeah, well, you're willing to spend on a I mean, running back, he deserves. Un- unfortunately for Saquon, the franchise yeah. tag for running backs is, is yeah. pretty affordable. It, yeah. it, it's just well, the reality Dan- of it for him. Daniel Jones looking at his comp right across the, uh, the other sideline. I think you would put him and Daniel Jones and Ooh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Cousins you mean. kind of in the same light. You know what I mean, talk about skill set. I think Daniel Jones is a better athlete. But that's about the marketing. Who's made more money in the recent years than Kirk Cousins? Mm-hmm. So I think you don't let Daniel Jones get to the market. I think he's comfortable. I think he's happy that they've spent the, the draft pick on him. He's validated, in my opinion. They can win games with Daniel Jones as their quarterback in the future. You can do a lot no worse receivers. than Daniel Jones. Yeah. So once Talk again, about chicken salad yeah. in the <laughs> NFC, uh, this table tends to like Tampa on Monday night, and this table likes the Giants on Sunday afternoon. We hope you will like watching hockey tonight. Our ESPN Hockey matchup features Austin Matthews and the Leafs taking on the Red Wings. Coverage begins at 7 Eastern from Hockey Town. Meanwhile, coming up here, has Aaron Rodgers taken his last snap at Lambeau Field? Should the Packers make that decision themselves? We'll be answering that question in a moment. And then our big buddy Damian Woody lost his voice this morning, so he's not here. But have no fear. We will still be smashing helmets and picking games. Bartholomew will wield the mallet. Oh, look. Yeah, he's going to struggle. Get up on ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. We're back on Get Up, and this is called Overreaction Thursday. I will say things that I think people are generally saying, and Dan Graziano is going to tell us if those things are overreactions. Here we go. If people were say Lamar Jackson has played his last game in Baltimore, would that be an overreaction? No, I, we've been talking about it. Like, this, this is a, a bad ending to a season for which he and they had very high hopes. 
The contract is still not done. It's still a point of contention. There's absolutely a scenario where this offseason, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens part ways. I don't know which way it'll head, but you cannot possibly take that off the table as an outcome here. Yeah, we had a lengthy discussion about this earlier. This feels like the beginning of a divorce. Uh, Meanwhile, speaking of that, Sean McVay, if someone were to say he's coming back, and coaching the Rams again next year, would that be an overreaction? I think it is. I mean, look, he's definitely indicated that he's at least wrestling with this decision. Uh, he's told his coaching staff that they can go out and look for other jobs if they want because he's not sure what he's going to do. I personally think we'll have an answer on this sooner rather than later, possibly by the end of this week. But it is entirely possible that Sean McVay decides to step away from coaching. He's only 36. Yeah. If he does, I imagine he'll be back at some point. There are very few easier tea leaves to read than when the coach tells his assistants, yeah, you might want to go look for other jobs. Uh, he's, he's sending a signal, it's right? Not, it's not, it's not a, yeah, that, that's, a, that's definitely an indication of something. One more. If I were to say... If Aaron Rodgers comes back next year, the Packers are going to win that division. Is that an overreaction? No, it's not an overreaction. I mean, look, they, they played well at the end of the year. Uh, as long as he's not on a significant decline, I think he comes back. Another year with the young receivers, another offseason uh, of seasoning for them. And I think there's some good young players on the defense. I, I think, you know, Detroit looks like it's coming. Minnesota just won a whole bunch of games. There will be a lot of teams you can pick, but I think the Packers would deserve to be among the favorites for that division. Okay. If he comes back. If he comes back. That's the way you see it. Our buddy Chris Canty sees it very differently. He was suggesting yesterday it's best for everyone if the Packers and Aaron Rodgers go their separate ways next year. Here he was yesterday on Get Up. They're a lot closer to a rebuild than a championship. And I'm sorry, I'm not paying a quarterback $60 million in 2023 if we're not going to be in championship contention. And it just seems like this is the time to transition away from Aaron Rodgers because even with him, you're not competing at a high level. So that's a really interesting thought. It's one thing to say that Rodgers' play has fallen off a bit, which this season there's no question that it did. Now, whether that is a sign of decline or just a bad year, that remains to be seen. But he's making the point that this team is not going to contend for the championship, sort of the right. opposite of the overreaction there. And if so, why are you paying a 39-year-old quarterback $60 million to do it? Is he right? Are the Packers on the decline, Bart Scott? I don't know. I think you can sometimes, instead of having a rebuild, some kind of times teams call it a reload. I think I was encouraged how this team finished this season. If they can start off with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to always be in an opportunity to get in the postseason, especially because now seven teams go from each conference. No, but the Packers are going to have to do something that they rarely do. They're going to have to push all their chips to the middle, maybe even mortgage a bit of the future to go in and really stack the deck for Aaron Rodgers. And I know that's something that they're not accustomed to doing, but that's what the conversation is all about. Will you go out and spend money? Will you not be outbid you know, for uh, Chase Claypool? Will you spend future assets? Because you know the, the, the future of a re- rebuild has the face of, of Jordan Love on it, and you're not going to be you know, uh, a relevant football team for a long time as you're chasing the Lions and the Dolph and the uh, Vikings in that whole division. And who knows what, so how, you got, you got to spend how much the money. better the Bears are going to get quickly. Here's the, I hear what you're saying. The problem is, and I could see Graziano out of yeah. the corner of my eye, how many times have we said, well, this is the year they have to do it, and they, they do never it. do. It's just not the way they do business. So whether you think they should or I think they should is irrelevant. It's not what they do. I know uh, that, Nico, you have a different view of this. What, why do you think it's a little simpler than we're making it? It's $60 million or $50 million. What, it's $60, $60 million. million. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to walk away from $60 bucks. Right. Now, if they had an opportunity to 
not give him 60 million bucks, sure, but it's guaranteed. He signed a contract that was guaranteed. So I don't care how much money you got in the bank, you can't tell me that because he made a lot of money that he's gonna pass on the ability to go and make $60 million, $30 million after that, whatever. It's a lot of money. He's gonna be the quarterback in Green Bay next year. And I do think on the, on the positive side of things, you saw a young group of receivers come around a little bit at the mm-hmm. end of the season. Now, if they make a jump from year one to year two, more confidence, playing with Aaron Rodgers, I believe that they could be a better football team and make a run next year with a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers. Run through the different things that could happen here. So Rodgers, the contract is what it is. If he, if, unless he retires, right. they're on the hook for every penny of that, and that's not the, that conversation ends there, right? Correct, yeah. And, and look, you can do things with the cap. The cap hit's not going to be $60 million. But if they, if they were to cut him before June 1st, then the cap hit would be almost $100 million. So, they would trade, so if they wanted to trade, let's say he comes to them and says, I want out. I want to play somewhere else. They could trade him. But again, if you trade him, that cap hit's about $98 million, unless you wait until after June 1st. So that creates a really interesting situation where would teams put their quarterback plans on hold thinking they could get Aaron Rodgers after June 1st? So I just think it's, it's too complicated. I, I think when the, when the contract was done last March, that it locked him in for two years. I think the Packers made that decision then. I think he made that decision then. And while uh, he can say what he wants about stepping away and I could walk away from that money, I think Ninko's absolutely right. I think that ship has sailed. So if that's the case, they gave him a le- level of control over the organization. Right. They locked him in. So why wouldn't if he says, I want Gabe Davis? Why wouldn't they go out and get Gabe Davis? If he says that, hey, I want, I want this free agent – He's going to be involved or should be involved in the conversation. Or you shouldn't have gave him the power or the money. Yeah. They, they put themselves in a position where they had no choice. I mean, at, at the end yes. of the day, we saw where this thing went and all of that. And wither Jordan Love. We have no idea if or when we will ever see him in a meaningful way on the field for the Packers. In the meantime, the normal big man may not be here, but the helmets are and the smashing begins now. Welcome to the most dangerous segment. Very- big man, tiny helmet. Who's getting smashed? Tom Brady's not going to like that. That was an excellent <laughs> match. That stung a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It's dropping everywhere. How? Back up a little bit. Okay. How about that? That's going to be out of here. There's no coming back from that. I mean- all right, here we go. So the big man, Damian Woody, is home. He lost his voice, but he, he gave us his blessing to go ahead and do the picks today anyway. So we're going to do the AFC now. Bart will smash those. And then a little later this morning, we'll do the NFC, and Ninko will do those. All right, we're going to start in Buffalo. Let me set the stage here. Bills and Dolphins this weekend. Now, we talked about how Tua is not... Oh. Well, that was sort of a premature smashing there, wasn't it? I'm, I'm trying to build the drama. Come on, Greeny. This is like Georgia TCU. We already know the outcome. <laughs> so, so you're just smashing the Dolphins and that's it. That was Skylar Thompson who yes. just flew away. But you did that pretty nicely, by the yes. way. It's a pretty impressive yeah, very smash. Very good for a rookie. expert. Yeah. All right, so that why was easy. make him do this one? Like, oh, why would we give Bart the AFC? Just to make the right decision here, okay? This is a tough one. Ravens-Bengals. Bart's heart is in Baltimore. <laughs> okay. It's going to hurt him if he thinks they're going to lose this game, but you got to smash the loser of this one. Who goes down in Cincinnati on Sunday night? <laughs> do the right thing. You can't do it. Hit. No! Oh, he had to do it. it hurt to watch. That <laughs> was well smashed. By the way, <laughs> look at him. He's crying. The man can't take it. I'm sorry to make you do that, big fella. But you've got them going down, right? Yeah, I mean, you just look at... No Lamar. No Lamar. This team has had the Ravens number. You know, the secondary struggles with 
big-time uh, receivers. They have the best receiver dueling. Joe Burrow is what, you my MVP. He's got a very nice, efficient smash, by yes. the way. You notice yeah, that? Like, Dean Wood kind of starts up here. Yours is kind of a quick, yeah. very nice. Quick. Okay, now we get to the one, the game I think we think will be the closest. Uh, the Chargers are actually a road favorite in Jacksonville. Great quarterback matchup, two potentially future superstars in Justin Herbert yeah. and Trevor Lawrence. Again, the Chargers are a slim favorite. Who's getting smashed? Up, oh, they're whispering. Here we go. Lands. Oh! 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 Oh. He likes the Chargers and the wow, a lot. Go Chargers, go! Tell me why. Why are the Chargers beating Jacksonville? Well, revenge is a best served cold, and you talk about you know Justin Herbert. They're getting healthy. I know Mike Williams in his back is a caution mark, but um, I just think that the Chargers it's their time. I'm a big fan of Austin Eckler. I think uh, it's a little bit premature for Jacksonville, and this is the rematch. Do you agree with that? You've got you have the Chargers in this game on the road. Yeah, I do believe so. Yeah, I, I mean, you, what do you mean you do believe so? I do believe so. <laughs> I, I, I think that that I think the Chargers, with the way that they're playing, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars to me with Trevor Lawrence last week, I didn't think that they played necessarily great offensively. Trevor Lawrence looked a little like the stage might have been a little bit bigger than than he was ready for. We'll see. That feels like. At least in the buildup, the closest of the AFC games a little later this Coach morning. Coach job. Brandon Staley could be. Against a guy that knows how to win playoff games. Uh, this morning, uh, Ninko is going to smash helmets when we do the NFC picks a little bit later. Speaking of which, desperate Dallas will tell you why Monday means much more than who goes on and who goes home. That's on the way as the helmets continue to get smashed. Get up on ESPN. <laughs>